It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Cast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, Ed Oliver and Deolante Daniels. This is part two of our episode with the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo. We just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So part two, we just wanted to open up with uh, Bradley Bill. He made some comments in the post-game show on NBC Sports Washington after the Wizards uh, gave up a lead to, I want to say the Portland Trailblazers or the Rockets where they let Christian Wood hit eight threes, which was ridiculous. Um, and Chris Miller asked Bradley Bill, what are your thoughts on this offseason? What is Bradley Bill looking for um, roster-wise as, like, Bradley Bill was the GM of the roster? Bradley Bill answered saying, we need dogs on the wings, we need bigger guards, and we need better shooters. What were your thoughts on Bradley Bill's comments, and how did you take that? Did you take that as kind of a slight jab at his teammates? Do you think he should have answered it differently? I would like to think that it wasn't anything personal with anyone in particular, but, I mean, these are all things that we know about and we acknowledge ourselves. And I think he was just trying to come from a stance of just um, honesty. I think, you know, we were, we did the crossover with, um, with Matt, if you remember Damo and he asked us um, the same question and it's kind of like, you know, um, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't tell the truth in that kind of situation. Um, some of it came off as kind of tone deaf, especially when he was, talking about the defense and stuff like that um, because that stuff, obviously he can improve on himself. And I would be mentioning myself before I mentioned any of my teammates in that situation. Um, but it was important to get his opinion and know where he stands with things since this, the reason we haven't rebuilt and blown this all up is to, to build around him to make him a winner. So I, I want to know like from you, where do you think this team stands? What do you think that we need? Um, I agree with everything that he said, you know, needing bigger guards. Um, you know, I mean, that's stuff that, that we've all complained about. And, and Scott Brooks would play three of them all at one time. And um, West, to his credit, for as many faults as he's had this season, um, he hasn't played two of them at the same time, I don't think. I think he's either played ish or Neto. I don't think they've ever played at the same time. If they have, maybe it's been rare because of foul trouble, but I don't think that they played a single minute together all season. I could be wrong on that. Um, but 
All in all, I do agree with what he said. I, it's hard when you're asked that question because if you just say, well, yeah, we, we want to get better in all areas, everyone's like, okay, well, you're not spe being specific. Like, of course, anyone's going to say that. But then when you are specific, it seems like you're singling guys out, right? Um, but but I don't think that was necessarily his attempt. But, again, my, my biggest issue was the defense. Like, you came out at the beginning of the season and said that you wanted to be an all-NBA defender, and you still have yet to be average for a guard. So I feel like you need to be a little bit more realistic with your expectations because all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure and making you yourself look like an idiot. Yeah. Dama? Yeah, so um, I didn't have any issues with it. Um, I, I felt like, again, like 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 Brendan said, it's like it's damage you do, damage you don't. Um, it was a planned uh, uh, question. You know, he was asked, so he gave his answer. Uh, you know, it, it was it was to me, it was kind of like, you know, I, you know, he's basically the assistant GM, right? Like we all know that. So I want to hear what the assistant GM got to say about the roster, right? Um, and I think he hit. I think he hit all of the points as far as what they need. Uh, big guard play. Um, they were just too miniature um, at the point of attack, and they need three point shooting. Like they, they can't. As we said it earlier, like they can't. Uh, they cannot be bad at defending the three, which goes back to the having the bigger guards, and then they can't be one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. So you need those three and D wings that address both of those issues. And, and until they get that, they're going to be a bottom 10 team. So uh, I think he hit all of those points on the money. You know, I, had he had this, would have made me mad is if he had said, no, nah, we got everything we need to win the championship. Then I would have been like, oh, no, nah, we, we got the wrong guy. <laughs> He's delusional. He might need to get drug tested or something. You know, if he had said that, then I would have been like, oh, he's crazy. But I mean, I feel like he gave a he gave a hundred percent honest answer, and he pretty much hit all the points of what they need this offseason. Yeah, it's kind of like a danged if you do, danged if you don't. And this is not the first time we've seen Wizards players advocate for or kind of look like at that GM role. John Wall asked for athletic bigs at a press conference one time. There's, you know, remember he was asking possibly for Paul George at one point and trading players that are already on the roster. So these guys are put in tough spots. Um, Bradley Bill, basically, he is the uh, assistant GM. He did want to bring in Dinwiddie, so he hasn't been perfect being the GM either. Um, and he probably did say sign off on bringing in Russell Westbrook as well. So, you know, he has been GM for about the past two or three seasons. But, um, yeah, I mean, what he said was, was truthful. We do need bigger guards. We do need better shooting. We do need more dogs and more aggressive guys on the wings. Himself included, he has to shoot better as well shoot the three better and defend better. So did I have a problem with it? It doesn't sound great PR-wise, but he, he was telling the truth. Yeah, and, and that's how I feel about it. I mean, because John Wall kind of took some slack, too, when he talked about Paul George. People were saying, oh, you know, it's kind of Otto Porter. It's a bad look, et cetera. Anytime a player talks about the potential roster, saying they need big guards, and then you got Ish and Neto on the team, it's kind of like, <laughs> You know, you're basically throwing shots at him, even though I'm sure Bradley wasn't. Like you said, it's danged if you do, danged if you don't. That was a good way to put it. Uh, so the biggest offseason needs, you we already talked about, you know, get some dogs, some big wings. Would you have point guard as your number one offseason need right now? Um, for me personally, I'm going to say no, because I already think that, in my opinion, we already have the starting point guard that I would like to see. 
next season with the with the personnel that we have. If we didn't have one of Kuzma, Beal, Porzingis, I'd be all about go and trade for your Malcolm Brogdon, bring John Wall back, do whatever you feel like you need to do to get someone else who can beat you off the bounce. But with the guys that we have, um, I feel very confident in Thomas Sadoransky playing that sort of just give everyone else the ball, stay out of the way, play defense, um, play to your size. And I feel like that fills a, a very solid niche for us. Um, I know Domo's mentioned DeLon Wright several times, and he's sort of that same breed of point guard, um, probably a little less ball dependent than DeLon Wright is. And I think that's why he would be the the perfect guy to bring back next year as a starter. So I don't know how much you have to pay him. I imagine it would be maybe um, a two-year deal, non-guaranteed second year, maybe around four or five mil. I don't know what the numbers would be on that, but I, I would like to see Sadoransky as of right now, as nothing has developed on anyone else hitting the market um, uh, without knowing anyone's like value. I, I, I want Sadoransky back as the starter next year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually agree with Brendan there. Um, you have Bradley Bill in the backcourt. Um, you have Kuzma, who's a ball handler. Dude, you have Denny who's developing his pick and roll game, his his secondary playmaking. Um, there's only but one ball that can go around, man. I I feel like they need shooting there, um, but more than anything, just kind of like a game manager. Play a little bit of defense, don't mess it up, um, hold your own at that position. But they don't need like you know a high volume guy or all star guy in that spot, you know, taking shots from guys and 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 you know, going back to the to the two guard uh high usage uh offense. Like that's just not that's not a winning formula. Like if you look at all of the if we're if we're talking about building around Bradley Beal, uh a shooting guard in today's NBA, you look at you look back at all of the, the shooting guards that have won titles over the last what twenty years, look at who played point guard next to him. Like Kobe, it was Eric Fisher. You know, Dwayne Wade, it was uh uh, uh, white chocolate, and then he had uh, uh, you know with the LeBron, the Mario LeBron Chalmers. Moments, Mario Chalmers. Like yeah. you don't put two high uses guys in the backcourt um, and think that's going to be a formula to success. I mean, I think Steph and Clay work because they're elite off ball players, and then you had Draymond kind of being the point guard, point forward there. Uh, that's not the situation here with Brad Beal. He has to have the ball. Kuzma has to have the ball, and then you can work some high high post stuff uh, with KP. So you just need a game manager at that point guard spot. I think the more pressing need is going to be that three and D spot because I don't think they have a true small four, like mm-hmm. like a six foot seven plus six foot ten, six eleven plus wingspan that can hit 37 percent from three and is one of the better wing defenders in the league. Like they don't have that on the roster. Uh, Denny can guard, but he doesn't shoot it well enough. Um, Kispert can shoot it, but he can't guard it well enough. So, and then KCP is three and D, but he's six five. Like that's just not, you know, a Jason Tatum, uh, Kevin Durant. They looking at chops with a with a six five KP uh, KCP uh, trying to guard them. So I think that's the more pressing that that small forward spot. I agree. Uh, a three four. Uh, what I consider wing now, it's 
I guess technically a two and three, but I like to kind of include the four in that conversation as well a little bit, just because the, the the four position has changed. So I would definitely say that that's the bigger need. And I know that's some of the young guys are going to be out of the rotation in that scenario and someone's feelings are going to get hurt. But I would say that that's definitely the, the, the more pressing need that we need to address. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, we need a three and D guy. I mean, you look at Kansas, you got Ochai, you look at some free agents. Um, you might want to throw Robert Covington out there on, on an MLE if, if you can get lucky. I, I think even you, you don't want to trade for Josh Hart, but just looking at players like him, a 3 and D guy, it's something that they could really use, somebody who just has some edge to him and some aggressiveness and can knock down a three. Uh, as far as the point guard position, I wouldn't be happy if Saddle started, but I get why because – when West finally, I thought he did it too late, he finally sat Neto down and brought in a pass for his point guard. That's what Porzingis needs. That's what Brad needs. Um, mm-hmm. When Wanamaker was here, he was just facilitating the offense better than what Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie did because Dinwiddie's just not a point guard. He's a combo guard. Um, but I think a sneaky need is kind of – and I love Gaff. I'm a Gaffer fan. He's actually my favorite player on the Wizards. I know I'm probably the one person in the world that says that. But we need a big that can kind of like bang down. Like Porzingis is more of a finesse big. When you saw Vucevic banging Porzingis in the post, it, it it didn't it wasn't pretty against the Bulls. Um, and then who else did he struggle with um, that was a stronger big? But he Porzingis kind of struggles and Gaffer struggles against bigger bigs too. But mm-hmm. maybe the need could be solved by a Gaffer getting in the weight room. Maybe it could be solved in house, but. That is certainly a need for this. the Jokic's of the. There's not a lot of Jokic's in the world. There's not a lot of NBA's, but in the world. But when we do play those guys, Sabonis hurt us really bad with the Pacers. Uh, Steven Adams had ten offensive rebounds against us that one game. Um, there were some nights where we got dominated by some stronger bigs, and that's definitely a weakness for this roster. It's um, I agree with you. The and I've thought about that, and I was actually thinking about saying that the. The problem with the with the roster and the numbers game is right now we're already going to have three rosters carrying right. over yeah. um, on the roster next season, and, and that makes it tough. And, and for two injury prone players and guys that maybe are, um, I don't want to say soft because I think that's a disrespectful term, but you know they're not as physically dominant as uh, a lot of the the centers that we see. Again, like like you were mentioning, you know, there's times where both KP and Gaff. I mean. They just stand no chance physically. So I definitely agree that, that they should prioritize trying to, to get some beef there um, in the paint. I don't know if that's re-signing Robin Lopez for a year, um, someone who's just big, staying there sturdy, and also is, as we remember, just instant offense on the block um, or going about it a different way. It's just it, – it's tricky when you look at the roster numbers uh, because – like I, I just, you know, we're carrying three centers and, and Vernon Carey isn't big himself. I think Vernon Carey's like, what, he's got to be like 6'10", 230, 240, something like that. You know, he's not a big dude either. So, Right. Yeah, I think Robin Lopez back, man. Yeah. Uh, I was saying. I'll take him back. Yeah, I, I was cool with Robin Lopez or even – Alex Lynn coming back at the time, you know, Alex Lynn, he had some good moments. He was a bigger guy, bigger size guy. But yeah, the Wizards is even with KP still, like KP has the height, but still he isn't the biggest. So definitely, I would still like to see the Wizards get some size there that somebody can come in maybe 10 minutes, like Damo said here and there at that third center spot. 
Right. And next we're going to get to um, a blame pie chart for the season, who we thought deserved the blame uh, on the Wizards management and roster side the most. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including the week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free desserts. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so this season, of course, we started out ten and three. Um, it's like we pretty much hung, pretty much hung up a banner at the time for Wizards fans. I myself, myself, I got bamboozled and hoodwinked and thought we were going to finish with fifty wins. I'm not, um, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I, I own up to it. But where do you place the blame for the Wizards for finishing, you know, thirty four and forty or whatever they're going to finish at? instead of you know building on that 10 and 3 momentum that they had um if you had to pick you know tommy shepherd building the roster or the the showcasing or whatever happened at that time west Hill jr just being a rookie head coach and not making adjustments the clippers lost um bradley bill if you had to just pick a, a group of guys or, or coaching staff or management where would you put the percentage of the blame chart you can go 50 percent here 50 25 25 and uh Brady, you can go first uh Damn it. Um, <laughs> it. It would be a lot of balancing out, I think. Um, you know, I think Tommy and Wes have to be held accountable to some extent. I mean, they can't be blameless. Like, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's their team. They're responsible mm-hmm. for uh, the talent that, that goes out on the, on the court every night and plays. But, you know, the there is some element to sometimes – players simply need to play better. And I think that was the situation with Dinwiddie. I think that was the situation with Bertans. I think there were times where that was the case for KCP and Beal. I mean, we can cut this up any way we want. I I think to some extent, um, and I'm keeping, I'm trying to keep the young guys out of that conversation because you need the, the vets to show up and play the guys that have been there. Like I, I look at you guys and say, you know, you guys got to play better first or else the young guys aren't going to play better. Um, 
so I don't know how I would cut that up exactly, um, but it, it would be pretty balanced out. You know, I mean, it. we started out the season so well and everyone was looking good playing the roles that we were in. Um, everyone sort of under the radar complained about the offense. And so West changed it. And it was the, the game against Utah earlier on in the year where, where they finally, like I noticed, I was like, they're playing at a different pace tonight. And from there, they started playing at this faster pace. But then uh, at the same time, the defense got a lot worse. And it's not like it was just one or two guys, like guys that individually at the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, you're playing respectable defense. And I appreciate that fell off. Um, even Denny Abdi. Denny Abdi at the beginning of the season was playing at a all defense level. And all of a sudden, it just kind of went away as soon as he started getting his offense um going and it's not like he, he's been a bad defender since then it, he just hasn't been as impactful on that end so i don't know the exact numbers um and how many people i specifically want to blame i mean i guess you could go 25 wes 25 tommy um 25 veteran players. I mean, I don't know. And then like the, the other 25, like whoever was causing drama and locker room problems. I guess that's kind of how I would assign it. It's tough because no one should be blameless in this. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is a little bit of it that uh, where guys contributed more to uh, our downfall, if that's what you want to call it, than others. So. That was Udama. Yeah, so I was I was just as as Brendan was was running down that those those astute points there. I was putting together my little pie chart right here. Well prepared. I'm gonna go thirty five percent Tommy, thirty five percent Wes. First time head coach. Um, he's got some. He's had some growing pains. I'm gonna go ten percent Beal. 10% Dinwiddie, 5% Trez, and 5% Bertans for that albatross of the contract and giving us nothing. Um, obviously, Tommy's got to be, you know, he's got to be at the top of it. You know, these are his roster moves. Like, he decided to pay Bertans, you know, the 80 mil. Um, he brought in West Unsell. He decided not to – he waited a long time. He decided not to give Wes Unsell a veteran uh, assistant anywhere on the staff. Um, and I think some of those locker room issues, some of those uh, growing pains we've seen with Wes, I would attribute to the fact that you don't have, like, a, you know, a, a former head coach on the staff, uh, not even a former player on the staff. So – that that falls on Tommy. Um, he also gave Dinwiddie, uh, uh, you know, his contract incentive uh, for games played, and that was not a contract that uh, that was not a piece of the contract that Dinwiddie was going to miss out on, even no matter what his knee was doing. Um, he was going to play, so that falls on Tommy. Uh, West gets the other thirty-five percent. Some of the losses this year. I mean, I can – it's so many of them. Um, it, it, the Clippers one being the biggest one, but there were others where, you know, I feel like they were coaching losses. Um, just riding guys too long, 
uh, icing his own guys that were hot, uh, not kind of recognizing the moment situation to make certain adjustments with lineups um, and style of play. Uh, but but I'm willing to give him a mulligan. He's a first-year head coach, and, again, he doesn't have an experienced staff. But he's definitely going to get 35% with Tommy. Uh, and then, yeah, Bill's got to get 10% of it. You know, he's the he's the head honcho, heavy is the, the head that wear the crown. You know, he's been assistant GM. He's he wanted Dinwiddie here. You know, um, he his his play has has taken a step back. Um, his three point shooting was just terrible this year. Some of the turnovers in the fourth quarter were, were bad. Uh, um, yeah, so he he uh, he has some culpability with it. Uh, the other ten percent I got Dinwiddie. I mean, that's self explanatory. He was horrible. Um, he he played like you know he had a parachute on his back, man. Um, and that's just not that's just not gonna cut it. Trez, the locker room stuff, man. Uh, you know that wears on people. He was he was the MVP the first thirteen games, and I think after he he felt like he was supposed to be starting or or uh, getting you know more touches, and it wasn't really happening that way. So he just decided he wasn't gonna play defense no more. He was just going you know he was gonna get his, and that's that. Uh, and I just think that wears on people. So. He had to get up out of there, but he got 5%. And then Berton's got the last five just because he was a $16 million bag of nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you gave as much uh, flack to West there as you did. Man, you you know, man, that, that Clippers game, man, that, that Clippers game, yeah. uh, it broke me, man. <laughs> I, I, I really had to, like, I was thinking about life after that game. <laughs> yeah. I was really thinking about life after that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was on West, man. That was on West. Just seeing him juxtaposed to Ty Lue and mm-hmm. what Ty Lue did, mm-hmm. took the whole lineup out, and West just was like, yeah, I, didn't know what to do. It was like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the Clippers again, that was a monumental night. You had the, the wizard spaces and everything. That was crazy. Um, how I split it up, I get 50% to Tommy and Ted because, like Brad said, at the you know, the famous practice where John told Scott F you and all that. He said it starts at the top, you know, and anytime you have a bad roster, you know, yeah, players have influence, but at the end of the day, yeah, the GM. So I'm going Tommy 50%, Ted can get in there too, 50% because they, at the end of the day, brought Montrez in, then that caused all the issues and whatnot. So 50% goes to them. 25 I'll give to Wes because, I mean, like Dama was just saying, some of the moves, man, the Clippers game. Just you see what Talu did, like he said, you know, bringing guys out. You know, Reggie Jackson wasn't playing, but who wasn't playing. You know, he put some of the other guys in, and they made the comeback, and Wes just kept rolling with his guys, and it wasn't working. And then you got embarrassed. And then, like, the Neto situation, it just doesn't make sense. Why did it take so long for him to go – on the bench, and then you go from him playing 20-something minutes to DMP. It, it just doesn't make sense. And then the showcasing, I combine that with Wes and the front office. I put those two, like, I feel like that was a combination of maybe Tommy and them were telling Wes to do that. That period was awful. Um, so Wes gets 25% too. And then the other 25 I give to Brad, Spence, you know, some of the other vets on the team. Bertans, you could throw him in there for, like you said, just doing cardio. And because that was bad. Brad had a bad year. 
I mean, him and Spencer couldn't get it together. It was just ugly. You know, the fighting at halftime with Montrez and just, man, it was nasty, man. So a lot of that, Spence gets his, Brad gets his, because those were supposed to be the main two guys. And then Bertans, Montrez, et cetera, you can throw those guys in there. And I'll say West, to go back to West, guys were complaining about their roles and whatnot. Even when they were playing decent ball, guys were complaining about the all things, maybe being a little too complicated. So that's pure coaching. I mean, so, yeah, 50 at the top, 25 coaching, 25 top two guys, Spencer, Burton, and Bill, and some of the other vets in there. Yeah, I mean, you guys did a heck of a job covering everything. I mean, Wes waiting to put Saddle in for Neto. Imagine if he would have did that like five or six or eight games before. They may be talking about making the play. And I know people don't – they rather see the lottery than the plan, but – yeah, they definitely could have put it together. Look how much the offense changed with Saddle just running the point. Chris has played better. Denny played better. Rui played better. They all got their shots on the floor of the offense-ish. Yeah, West should have just made that that move like eight games before the move was made. It just took too long to make adjustments. That's about being a rookie head coach. Uh, but there was just some simple things that we could see as a, as a fan and a spectator that he should have made. Um, Brad – led the league in clutch turnovers. That's inexcusable. That's something he's been doing his whole career. So it's like, when is he going to fix it? Slipping and falling. There was a backcourt against the Pistons one time where we barely beat the Pistons. It's just inexcusable stuff that we're seeing year after year from him. We want to see him get better, regress from the three-point line. Dinwiddie, I think we touched on him. I mean, I just couldn't believe how slow he was playing the hand grenades, shooting the ball off the backboard, bricks, threes. Um, And then he goes over and, and talks you know, talks down on the organization, just ridiculous stuff. So um, Tommy, for sure, gets some of it. Um, but he cleaned up the mess at the trade deadline, did a great job with Porzingis, which he's really good at doing that. Um, and, yeah, Bert, we got to throw Bertans in there. We got to throw the vets in there, the fighting, Davies fighting uh, Denny and whatnot. It was just a toxic, toxic situation. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of blame going to go around. But we just got one more question for you guys. And um, – before we do get to that, uh, it's just about the point guard situation again and uh, potential of John Wall coming back. But we got a quick word from D. Yes, we do. And before I get to that, I will say I don't give Tommy that much credit. Like, I gave him a B for the trade because, you know, the Ernie special, the cleaning up the messes you make, I'm not the biggest guy on that. You know, like when they signed Nicholson and they had to give up the first for Bogdanovich, which ended up being Jared Allen, and is just the cleaning up your own fires, man. Just yeah, you get negative points from me. Well, that's um, what I was gonna ask you about. Actually, I was gonna ask like, how much credit do you guys give Tommy for cleaning up messes that he himself created? I, I was gonna ask you guys about that, but so yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good question too. Yeah, that's nah, I'm not with that. It was a great move, yeah. but. It shouldn't have needed to be done because of the Bertans and then the Dinwiddie. It just, nah, you get penalized. You get you get penalized for me, you know. Now, I'm assuming you're the same way, Dama. Yeah, although I'm not mad at having the unicorn, man. I, I agree. I I'm agree. not mad at having a unicorn. You ain't had to give up no young assets, and you mm -hmm. got a, a guy who could potentially be the second best big man in the East. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just throw that out there, but like MB obviously won, but outside of that, like 
you're saying strictly like centers, like. You, just centers, you, yeah, just centers. Okay, like, so not like Giannis, not okay. No, 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 so no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I can see a season where where KP is is better than Robert Williams and and Jared Allen, um, Bam out of bio maybe, but yeah. I don't know on talent, man. KP a bad dude, man. That's a yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. yeah, Vucevic. I'm looking at some of the guys right now. Vucevic, he's competing with Vooch. Uh, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I mean, Embiid, of course. But other than that, yeah, there's not any dominant Bam on the bio. Yeah, there's, yeah, you could definitely argue that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point right there, definitely. But all right, let me get to our message from our friends over at Built Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorites. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. The offer is to go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, to end it off here, I know we spoke about the point guard position, and, you know, I know you guys are big guys on Sato. But John Wall, he he was, you know, report came out and from David Aldrich. How do you guys feel about that? If he were to buy out, agree to a buyout with the Rockets, only, obviously that's the only way that's just, that's just even remotely possible. So if he were to buy out and it was interested in coming to Washington, how would you guys feel? Out of the two of us, I'd say I'm a little bit more enthusiastic about it. Um, in a league where fit matters so much now, and again, in the context of what we have on our roster, it, I would get behind it and be excited for it for sure. But just fit-wise and all the the strings that would have to be pulled in order for it to get ha- for it to happen. Um, I'm just and with the MLE, I, I guess that would be what we'd be paying him unless we had to send out some other salary. Like if we sent out Kuzma and like a, another player to to pay Wall like around twenty million or something like that. Like to me, it's just it's not worth it. Like what are we paying him? What's it going to take to bring him in? Um, I would much rather just keep Sadoransky on 
a lower contract and use the the MLE that we have available on um, a, a two or a three or a three, four, whatever you want to call it, a wing, a forward, whatever, someone who can some can play some good defense, hit the three ball and, and be a, a serious part of a rotation where he can get his shots playing next to uh, guys like Sadoransky, Kuzma, who were more than happy to distribute the basketball. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, it's not that I wouldn't get behind it or I mean I love John it's not a personal thing it's just like a a fit thing and where our Mm -hmm. roster currently stands Mm -hmm. yeah for sure man uh the heart would say hell yeah let's do it man um but the but the mind is like "Mm, nah nah um I mentioned this on a space we had talked about we had we talked about this but I just don't really see the fit. Like, you know, if it's going to be adding John Wall at the sacrifice of Kuzma, uh, BOKP touches, and I know Wall is a, is a point guard. Like, he he's going to get guys easier shots too. But I think his brand of basketball requires him to have the ball. Like, he has to mm-hmm. be the conductor. Um, so his usage has to be at a certain level for him to be uh, the guy that we know and love. And I just think that's not the ideal fit, especially if his shooting isn't where you need it to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would, I would, I would whip out the John Wall jersey. I would dust it off, man, and for sure support it. But, you know, logically speaking, I don't think it's the best fit. I think it, they'd be better off putting resources elsewhere um, on the wing spot. Um, finding some more shooting. I think I would go that route. After a year where we had like so much locker room problems about guys not getting enough touches, the most dumb thing I feel like you could do as a management team is create a situation where that could happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, because then we're talking about you guys clearly can't build a team and we need to start over again. And we, I, I have no active interest in doing that. You know, if we can – be a, a second round team with Tommy and Wes at the helm. That's kind of what I'm rooting for at this point. I know that's kind of boring. Like, you know, well, uh, well, we're not winning a title, so we should blow it up. And I, I don't entirely believe with that philosophy, uh, but, but I want it to work with the pieces that we have. And I just want them to put their own stamp on things. Tommy and Ted made their, made their decision when they decided that they wanted to move, move on from John. I thought it was a crappy way to let him go especially when you consider now in hindsight where we are. Um, But you know what? The moves were made. And if you have to take away touches from specifically Kuzma, again, like if if we traded Kuzma for two first-round picks and then Rui was our starting four, John probably makes a little bit more sense in that scenario, and I would get way more behind that because then I would say we need another guy with the ball who can get to the rim, create for others, that sort of thing. Um, But we already have three guys who are already going to need the ball so um, I would just be a little concerned about bringing in a guy who's probably going to be a little bit more high usage, hasn't played a game in a long time. And Kyle Kuzma um, for a long time there was looking like an all-star himself. So would I want to take the guy who hasn't played in a year plus, or do I want to keep the guy who's 6'10", can do multiple things with the basketball and is a fringe all-star player and is trending upward? I The decision's pretty easy for me, but I think that those two uh, – Wall and Kuzma, I think that's where uh, it gets a little bit clunky. Yeah, yeah, Brad, on the Draymond Green interview, you talked about 
playing with John Wall and how, how much he loved it. And the athletic article came out from David Aldridge. Um, so there's a little smoke, but I wouldn't say there's too much fire. Um, but yeah, Brandon, you talked about how they departed, how the things broke up. Brad confirmed that the whole party video of John Wall throwing up um, gestures or whatever you want to call it, that didn't end well with, um, you know, Tommy, or not Tommy, but Ted didn't like that. So that was the report. Bradley Bill confirmed that. But on a basketball standpoint, yes, Wes and Tommy Shepard and John would have to sit down and be like, hey, this is your role. I don't know if they did, did this with Dinwiddie, but they probably should have pressed it more giving him his role, and they would just have to tell John, hey, the way that the roster set up right now, Bradley Bill's the number one scorer on the team. John would have to facilitate. And, Donald, you said John, the best – when he's at his best, he's dominating the basketball. He has to bring the ball up court. He's getting the boards. He's pushing it. You know, he's doing his John Wall thing. He's doing the 360 layup, getting guys in spots, getting guys wide open threes, alley-oops to Gafford, setting Brad up. That would be John at his best. But for right now, it's kind of like you need you really need that pass first point guard that's going to get Porzingis mm-hmm. set up a brass set up. I think John's capable of doing that, but he really has to get into that role. And he has to lock in defensively um, more than what he did the last. I know he he had some injuries, so he wasn't playing to the best of his abilities on defense, but he would have to definitely step up defensively for it. So I wouldn't be opposed if it's MLE, which is nine and a half, ten million dollars. Sure. You know, you look at the point guard pickers out there. I mean, the best point guard available through free agency. It's going to be Jalen Brunson, and he's going to be picked up. So you probably have to either go the DeLon Wright route, Ricky Rubio type, John Wall, guys around that realm, or trade for a Brogdon where you're going to have to give up a first-round pick. So you kind of rather take a look at John Wall. So that is an option. If the history wasn't bad like it was, then I think he would be a realistic injury coming off some injuries, unfortunately. But um, I, I think I think it could work. I don't think our ceiling would be boosted to an Eastern Conference Finals or anything like that, but maybe we could make some noise if everybody stays healthy and we keep Eric Kuz. Now, the only thing that we would – it would – I think Denny's development would be pushed back, kind of like when Russ was here, because John would dominate the ball. But it, it's intriguing. It's, it's something to definitely think about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, like Brendan was saying, just – the emergence of Kuzma and how he looks when he had the ball in his hands, you bring John here, he needs the ball and you kind of don't want him to go back to that LA Lakers role where he was kind of more of a catch and shoot kind of guy gets a little less involved within the offense. I mean, that makes sense. You know, just sticking with a guy like Sadoransky, a guy who does the little things, moves the offense along, moves the ball along. It doesn't stick. He's not going to, you know, try to sauce anybody up for 10 seconds of the shot clock with an ISO, you know, and, and that gets other guys involved and the other guys are happy. KP's happy. Kuz is happy. Brad's happy. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if the Wizards themselves are going to be satisfied with Sadoransky being the starter, you know, Bill, I mean, David said in the report that Brad was interested in it, intrigued by it. You know, I remember he also said in the press conference that they had some guys in mind when they were talking about the point guard position. So I think it's possible only if John buys out at the end of the day. But, I mean, I wouldn't mind Sato being the starter. I know a lot of different fans will kind of be like, yeah, that's kind of bland. That's kind of, you know, eh, not inspiring, I would say. But for the other guys and the other uh, for the rest of the team, I think that could be – that would be the move. So my heart, I want to say yeah, you know, because – and I think for the same reason as a lot of fans, they didn't like how it ended. It was nasty. It was ugly, and 
you know, the video and all that. It wasn't good, but it's a kind of a culture thing. It's like, eh, was he really, it wasn't like guns or drugs in the video, but still I understand the image. And then there was already stuff, you know, with the um, Vegas picture coming out and all that at the time. Uh, so, oh no, man, logically, I'd say no. My heart, definitely. I got some wall jerseys I got to use. If I could make two points real quick. Um, the first thing I would say is just being a John Wall fan for as long as I've been. I don't, and I said this on one of our podcasts that we recorded. I don't want to have him come in here to just be Rondo. Um, mm-hmm. He's a lot more than that. And he still has, I think, a lot of good basketball left in him. And so if Tommy and Wes like bring him in for a free agent visit, let's say, and we're like, well, we have guys that we like. We just want you to be a distributor. That would come off like a little disrespectful to me, like mm. just being kind of a fan. And then secondly, I mean, you know, you'd be asking a guy who's done what he's been doing since the moment he came into this league. And now you'd be asking him to completely change what he's been doing for years and what you would be asking him to do isn't how he got to become a five-time all-star, you know? So there's a couple different ways of looking at it as well. Like it has nothing to do with, again, like not liking John or wanting him to come back on the team again. Like if you're telling me tomorrow they're, they're playing us to trade Kuzma and then Rui's your four. Cool. I'm, I'm all about it then. Like let's make it happen. But again, just with what we have, um, I, I just want to see the, the Wizards be maximized with the talent that they already have. And then I also want to see John Wall maximized um, as a player. And I just don't think that that would be here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Damo, you got any final thoughts on that? Yeah, man. Uh, love John, man. I just don't I just don't see the fit. Uh, I really don't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I could just see uh, the Derrick Rose role where Derrick Rose has accepted, you know, where he's at in his career with the Knicks. Didn't play much this year, but he's carving out a solid career after the Bulls Derrick Rose that we knew. So um, I think it could work out something like that. But um, and then one point I forgot to say, Saddles played better. I think that's helped KCP settle down a little bit and play better, too, because KCP has played a lot better. In the second mm-hmm. half, but uh, once again, guys, I want to thank you guys for coming on, man. Um, what's your guys' Twitter again so you can guys let the people know? Threes is Trice, y'all know where to find me. Yeah, uh, Damo8186. Yes, sir. These guys are the Wizards Twitter OGs. Make sure you guys follow their podcast as well. It's called Wizards of Gallery Pay Place. Make sure you guys give them guys give them a five star rating on iTunes as well. And uh, we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listener every day. And make your second listen to Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in and hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 